At our age, things get done more slowly than they used to. We have a responsibility to be sensible, to follow the guidelines, and look for that light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you for being a voice of so many residents in long-term care homes and seniors in general. Welcome to Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Erin Davis, and I'll be joined very shortly by this season's new co-host, Doug Robinson. First, let me tell you a little bit about this whole green bench thing. Is there actually a green bench? Well, yes, really. But as you can imagine, we're not gathering on a real one today. Instead, we're doing this virtually with the Elder Wisdom Podcast. It was all the brainchild of Ron Schlegel himself, founder of Schlegel Villages Retirement and Long-Term Care Residences. And so now we have benches. Ron is a true believer in mining the wisdom of our elders to help enrich us all and in keeping the family dynamic not only in how the residences are managed, but how they are staffed like a family. Today we're going to introduce you to a woman who switched the trajectory of her career and her life, and it is a wonderful story. The seeds for Pam Weeb's work in nursing, and more particularly, quality improvement in long-term care, were actually planted at her grandfather's feet. And for that, we are all grateful. And by we, I mean, of course, the people at the many Schlegel villages with whom she interacts. But today, that gratitude is shared especially by my co-host, Doug Robinson, and me. Doug joins us from his home at the village of Sandalwood Park in Brampton. Well, Doug, it's nice to be here with you once again. And, you know, when we're talking with Pam Weeb today, who changed lanes into a whole new fulfilling career with Schlegel's support office. I mean, you know a little something about changing lanes. Look at you in your 80s co-hosting a podcast. I mean, who would have ever thought, right? Technology was way beyond me, but I've learned so much since I've been in Schlegel Village. It's amazing. I thought you were going to say since you'd been in showbiz. (laughs) Knees up, Mother Brown. (laughs) Yes, yes, knees up indeed. And I know that refers to dancing and nothing else. Okay. On that note, let us welcome Pam Weeb. Pam, we are so happy to have you with us here today. And Pam, you know something about being part of a family atmosphere. But uh, Doug and I understand that you've got a new little member to your own family. Tell us about her. Well, I have two, so I'm not so sure which one you're referring to. I have a new oh. cocker, I have a new cocker spaniel. Her name is Brinkley. She's actually eight months old today. Oh. And um, a little over a month ago, my husband and I became great-grandparents to a little baby girl named Hannah. Oh, oh congratulations, Congratulations. Pam. Congratulations. Yeah, we're pretty excited. There's nothing like being a grandparent. Or a great-grandparent. Yes. My goodness. I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. There's no easy way to get anybody to hurry on no, your uh, no. timeline, Doug. He's, he's 34 
but I'm hoping. Ah, <laughs> uh, so have you introduced Brinkley to Hannah yet, Pam, or are these still early days? No, actually, Hannah lives in British Columbia, so we haven't oh. had the pleasure of uh, meeting her yet, only on video. Oh, my goodness. Well, I got to say, I can't see you, obviously, because this is the magic of audio and podcasting, but you must be the youngest great-grandmother I have ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try not to think about getting old, and I certainly don't think old. So I had my children when I was young so that I could be a young grandmother. Obviously, they didn't get the memo, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm happy to say I'm, I'm going to be 72 in May, and... Um, I feel like I'm 40, so I guess I am a young great-grandma. Well, a lot of people would be kind of putting their feet up and trying to coax the puppy up into their lap at your age, but you have said that you're not looking to retire. You've been with Schlegel now for 20 years. What is it that keeps you going in every day? Well, actually, I think before you can retire, you have to have a job, and I don't feel what I do every day is a job. I just feel that I'm very privileged that I have the opportunity to go into a village, no matter what village it is, and make a difference in somebody's life. How do you walk away from that? The Schlegel villages are so marvelous. They are. It's the staff. The staff in Schlegel villages are absolutely fantastic. They really are. Jasmine here in Sandalwood, she comes around and she does my lottery tickets for me, uh, goes out in the cold at lunchtime and does my lottery tickets. I never have a winner, but anyway, I still play. Ah, now, we <laughs> learned in our last podcast that you're good with bingo and now the lottery cards. Doug, you, you sound like you've got a kind of an exciting sideline going on there, but don't win the lottery. We need you here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I won't leave Schlegel. Good. Good. Now, I loved what you said there, Pam, about you'd have to have a job in order to retire. But for a long time, you did have a job as an accountant. Tell us what happened when you were 46. What light went on for you that made you change lanes in such a huge way to bring you here to Schlegel? Well, it was a bit of a tragic situation, actually. My mom um, had passed away in 93, um, a very horrific respiratory death. And um, the I just did not get a good feeling of the nurses and it didn't sit well with me. And I had made up my mind that I had always wanted to be a nurse um, since I was a little girl, but things happened when I was 18 that changed that course as well. And I made the decision at 46 that I could do better than what those nurses did with my mom. And I wanted to do something besides push numbers on a piece of paper. So I kept my job. Um, I worked 80 hours every two weeks. I went to school every Tuesday and Thursday night from five o'clock till 11 o'clock and did my clinical every weekend for three years hmm. and graduated in 99. Well, were there any traits as an accountant that you have found have come in handy in your new career? New. You're doing it 20 years. I'm calling it new, but you know what I mean. Your second <laughs> life. Yeah. Um, I think if anything, um, it was my organizational um, I, I am, a am very organized. Um, every 
place, everything has a place and I want everything in its place. And um, I can take the most chaotic situation and organize it and bring it into realm within a very few seconds. So I think the organization, and you have to be organized as an accountant for sure. And I think that I brought over into my nursing. Pam, do you go around visiting all the uh, Shagel homes or do you just work out of one? Actually, Doug, in my current role, I support 10 of our um, 19 villages um, under the quality specialist role. So I visit those villages at least once a month. Some of them I visit more than once a month, depending on the need. Um, like I've been here at Sandalwood now for the past three weeks. Um, but yeah, I support 10 of our 19 villages. Well, when we get over this lockdown with this COVID, maybe you'd like to come around and have a green bench chat with me on our own. Only if you provide tea. Uh, certainly. I have two cups with saucers. And the staff look after me very well here. They come to my fridge, open it up, and they check my milk for me. And if my carton's empty, they bring me a new carton of milk. And it doesn't matter which one, they all do it. They, when they come into the room, they open up the fridge. Doug needs milk. My milk is there. So when I get up first thing in the morning, I have my two cups of tea. It's a date. <laughs> Thank you. You've just fallen prey to Doug's smoothest opening line, Pam. I know. I bet you he's used that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. You know, the thing that separates the good from the best is anticipating needs. And Doug, you would know this from your decades in the hospitality business. Doug began working in a hotel, Pam, when he was just 15 years old and then ended up, you know, kind of rubbing elbows with everything from royalty to just the hoi polloi like us. But that's the difference. And is that where quality improvement, your QI role comes in? Absolutely. Um, as as we know, um, long-term care homes in the province of Ontario are guided under the legislation and the act. So in my role, um, I support the villages and I mentor the villages to make sure that they know exactly what's expected, like in our different programs, what we need to be doing to meet the regs and the, and the legislation. It's troubleshooting. It, we're never going to reduce risk or take risk totally out of long-term care. We're never going to be able to do that. There's too many factors that come into it that we have no control over. But how do we mitigate it? How do we mitigate that risk and still honor resident choice? That's where the trick is, and that's where the quality comes into it. It's not just about answering to the ministry and making sure, but it's also about quality of life. Mm -hmm. How do we make sure that we're honoring the quality of life and we're honoring the residents' rights? They have a right to choose. They have a right to refuse. And how do we do that? And how do we mitigate that risk? That's basically what I do. I support the villages to do that. And I can hear the passion in your voice when you're talking about it. You've even created a system. The acronym is Ask Me. Can you tell us what that's about, Pam? Okay. I um, When I first came out of nursing, um, I went to work for Toronto Rehab. And I was working at uh, Lynnhurst, which is the spinal cord division of Toronto Rehab. Mm -hmm. And um, I was the first RPN to ever be given a fellowship at Toronto Rehab. And I researched, uh, created and implemented uh, with another young lady, uh, a preceptorship program. And we 
called that preceptorship program. The metaphor for it was a lighthouse because I, if you know me, I have a strong passion for lighthouses. Hmm. And the the metaphor for it was a, a lighthouse. And Ask Me stood for Attributes, Skills, and Knowledge for Maximizing Excellence. So that was what the preceptorship program was that we created for Toronto Rehab. And with the reason we chose the lighthouse is because everybody thinks that the people that are entering into the preceptorship are the only ones that learn, and that's not true. Those that are doing the precepting, those that are doing the mentoring can also learn. So I chose the lighthouse because even the most experienced fisherman can lose his way. Mm -hmm. But when he sees that beacon on the lighthouse, it guides him home. Pam, you seem very well educated. Did you go to university? I did. I have my degree in gerontology, which I also got after I graduated out of nursing school. I graduated um, out of university in 2006. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Which university did you go to? I went to Humber. Humber, oh, yeah. There's a myth among nursing students, and you've probably experienced this yourself, Pam, that long-term care is not as good as acute care. But I'm sure that you have a different take on that. I certainly do. Okay, let's hear from both of you then. Pam, you go first, and then Doug. We'd love to hear that. I'd go a step further, Aaron. I, I think the myth is even deeper than that. I think that a lot of people think that the reason that people end up in long-term care nursing is because they can't cut it in acute care. Mm. And that is definitely a myth. And I, and I don't take anything away from acute care nursing. I don't take anything away from those nurses that work in cardiology, nephrology, respiratory. Like they're all specialty nurses. But guess what? So is geriatrics. Geriatrics is a specialty as well. And in order to work in geriatrics, we don't have machines that tell us, oh, his O2s are low. Oh, he's doing this or he's doing that. Our nurses have to be able to do those hands-on assessments. And they need to be able to assess all the body systems. So to me, to work in long-term care, you have to be a real special nurse. You have to, have, you have to be rounded. You have to know the body from top to bottom and not just one area of it. Geriatrics is a specialty in nursing all on its own. Mm -hmm. The, the uh, staff here at Sandalwood, they're absolutely marvellous. They go out of the way to make you feel comfortable, whatever you want. They always have a smile on their face. You know, some of these patients here are very hard to look after, but they do it with a smile. You could not wish for a better staff than what we have here in Sandalwood. Long-term care has changed. I can remember growing up as a girl, um, we had a, a home in our neighborhood and a big sign outside, home for the aged. Well, that's not what long-term care nursing is anymore. People don't just come to long-term care to die. They come to long-term care and they live, and they live very well. I certainly do. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that Schlegel Villages does really, really well. We put living first. It's all about the quality of life. To me, yes, quality improvement is important, but I put more bang in my quality of life. If my residents are happy, I'm happy. Mm. Yeah. Pam, when you talk about long-term care nurses and Doug, too, you mentioned them being well-rounded. And I think so much of that is something that can't be taught, no. something that you have to have in you, which would be compassion exactly. and empathy. 
Tell us about your early influences that seemed to point your way down the road into this path that you are on now. And I'm thinking in particular about your grandfather. <laughs> I wondered when you were going to bring him up. Um, yeah, I I only had my grandfather for 13 years. I lost him the year I became a teenager. And... Um, You know, he was not a a highly educated man, but man, he was a wise man. And I learned so much from him and his friends. And, you know, I can remember him telling me that, you know, I was going to go through life and I was going to learn all kinds of things in a book. But he said that my greatest experiences, my greatest lessons were going to come from my life experiences and my greatest teachings would come at the feet of an elder. You listen to the elders. He said, they'll guide you. He said, they'll, they've lived through a lot. You know, they've been through lots and they'll be able to guide you. And he's right. Um, I can't think of any place I'd rather be than where I am right now. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you, Pam, for that. Now, when you're talking with younger people who are thinking of going into nursing or making a career in long-term care, what is the message that you want to get across to them? If you've got your, let's say your TED Talk, and you've got the stage and you're talking to all of these young, hopeful, energetic, enthusiastic people, what message do you want to get across to them, Pam? And is there something you can spot right away that makes you go, yes, you're the right person? Well, I think you touched on it already, Erin. Uh, you, you know, we can teach people anything. We can teach people. We can give them books. We can teach them. To, but we can't teach them heart. That that comes within. That compassion, that empathy. Um, we can't teach that to people. So they have to come with that. But, you know, it's funny that you should ask that question because I have a, a, a friend right now whose daughter just came out of nursing school. And she's been offered a position in, in a hospital and in long-term care. And so I had a conversation with her and I said, so tell me where your head is. Tell me what you, what you're thinking. Well, you know, the money's really, really good in acute care. And I said, yeah. And she said, but you don't build relationships in acute care, do you? And I said, no, it's like an assembly line. Mm. They come in and they're gone. In long-term care, I said, you get to have a second family. Like those residents in long-term care, the team members that you work with, because you work with the same team every day. You create another family. If I was going to say anything to a young person today, I would say, be brave. Be brave enough to take that step and don't give in to ridicule. I remember when I told my friends after I graduated that I was going into long-term care and they all thought, oh my God, what are you doing? Why would you want to work in long-term care? Yet here I am 20 years later doing what I'm doing and they're working on an acute care floor, pushing a med card. Yeah. And burning out, burning out hugely. And burning out and, and not, and that's what I said to them, you know, do you want to go, do you get up to go to work every day? And she goes, yeah, after I hit the snooze button, I said, I don't even use an alarm clock. Mm -hmm. I'm awake every day, ready to come to work. And we'll remind people listening again, Pam is 72. And I think that that, that really does (laughs) say a lot that, you know, that you want to get up and you want to go to your work family. Absolutely. You know, and it is family here. You know, when I think of the Schlegels, like they, they don't use that term lightly. And I can remember my husband had uh, melanoma on the side of his face and had to have surgery. And I was quite worried about it because we all know melanoma can 
be very, very um, serious. Mm-hmm. And he had his surgery and we decided we were going to go ahead and go on vacation. And we're in, I don't, I can't remember whether it was North Carolina or South Carolina. And it's seven o'clock on a Friday night. We're ready to walk into Buffalo Wild Wings and my phone rings and it's Jamie Schlegel. And I said, oh, Jamie, I said, how are you? I said, it's, I said, I'm in North Carolina. He said, I know, but he said, I just got back. He said, from a meetup conference, he said, and heard about Bill. How is he? Wow. Is there anything you need? Wow. And it's like, (laughs) you don't get that. You don't get that in other companies. I know Jamie calls, you know, we've had, um, when I was the general manager at Coleman, one of my team members lost her daughter and, you know, for months, Jamie called her to make sure she was okay that it's family. When they say it's family, they mean it. Yeah, It's family. I bet you get that feeling, Doug. Yeah. When I uh, came to come on the podcast, James came around personally to my room and congratulated me. And we had a little chat and he was such a genuine man. You couldn't wish for a more genuine man than James. Yeah. I haven't met the other Shakers, but I've met James. Well, they're so genuine. Yeah. If you met Ron, he's no different. Um, You know, he's like when I was at Coleman, it would be nothing on a Sunday afternoon that they're either heading up to the cottage or heading home and he'd stop in, just stopping in to get a drink. He'd say, (laughs) I need something cold to drink. But I remember when, when I first started working for Schlegel, we only had six villages at that time. And it was nothing on a Sunday afternoon to go into one of the villages and see Ron in visiting with the residents. Like, it's just, you you don't get that in other organizations. Like, it it's a family. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly the place that my dad is in Kelowna, you know, a big corporation has just bought their chain, and we're all kind of sitting back going, okay, what's going to happen? Yeah. And you can bet your bottom dollar that no one has come in to sit with the residents, no. especially not anyone who has their name on no. the sign outside no. of the place, which my dad, ironically, Doug, also lives in a place called Sandalwood. Oh. But we call it so- we call it socks and sandalwood because he's always wearing his socks and sandals. <laughs> well, well, I've, I've you- got a I've, I've got a sandalwood joke. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> my my wife is in a, another nursing home. And I go on Skype sometimes and chat with her. Anyway, the nursing home phoned my daughter the other day and said, oh, we've got a message here that you need to set up a Skype, but we can't find who the person is. And my daughter said, well, it's my dad. They said, your dad? No, we have it down as Sandy Wood. We're looking Ah. for a Sandy Wood. <laughs> there you go. Now you now you have your pseudonym for if you ever need to check into a hotel under another name. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I think one of the messages that comes through in this chat with you, Pam, and the biggest one is the village as family, which is so important, is changing lanes, that it's never too late to find your passion. You know, Pope Francis was a bouncer for a Buenos Aires nightclub and a janitor. He did that. And so he went from literally taking out the trash and kicking out the trash to leading the church. Julia Child didn't write her first cookbook till she was 50. And then you got people like Grandma Moses started painting, started her career at 78, 
Before that, she was a housekeeper and a farm laborer. And then in 2006, she had a painting sale for $1.2 million. So (laughs) it's never too late. Never too late. To rewrite your ending. Nope. So where do you see this going for you, Pam? How long do you want to stay and be mentoring and helping usher in the new team members who want to be part of the culture of Schlegel Villages? I can honestly tell you that I have never thought It's never crossed my mind about retiring. And we joke about it, but they've always said, as long as I'm able to come in and I can contribute and I want to come in, I have a job at Schlegel. So I I can't honestly sit here today and tell you what that looks like. My husband is 81 years old. Mm -hmm. He's going to be 81 in June. And he's out every day working. He drives a car for um, an auto parts it's just who we are. Like we're not people that just want to sit at home. We're not travelers. We're home buddies. We want to be home and we want to be among family. And, and we both feel that we have that. Bill, my husband feels like he's part of this legal family. There isn't a time that I don't see Ron or Jamie or Brad or Rob that they don't say, Hey, how's Bill doing? Huh? Like it's, I love that. Yeah. It's just, we don't take it for granted. It's just what it is. And it's all part of the Schlegel Village team member aspiration, too, that you can be you while being part of our family. And we did that in 2019. You know, we reviewed. We're like, we never sit on our laurels. We're always striving to do better. And in 2019, we went back to the drawing board to see where we were with this culture change. And we realized that there was a missing component. There was a missing component in our aspirations, and that was the team members. And that's when we created the the aspiration um, to cultivate the ultimate experience for the team members. Okay, so we've put together some of your work family, Pam, and here's what those team member aspirations sound like in your own voices. Let's listen. The Schlegel Village team member aspiration. Cultivate the ultimate team member experience. At Schlegel Villages, we have an amazing culture that stellar team members want to be a part of. We care about our team members as much as we care about our residents. As one family, we learn, grow, and move forward together. We are passionate and find fulfillment in making a difference in people's lives. Our caring community honors and encourages well-being. And team members are appreciated in personally meaningful ways. Through mentorship, ongoing support, and education, we are empowered to go beyond the status quo and unleash our full potential. You can be you while being a part of our family wonderful. And even though we've seen the big goodbye in the past few years with people deciding that they wanted to leave their careers or their jobs and just stay at home, you don't say goodbye to family. And that's what I think the difference is here. Exactly. I can't imagine the day that I will walk away from Schlegel Villages. I don't even see that in my future. And I I don't even know whether I could do it. Hmm. Wow. Pam, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with us today to spread your passion, your positivity, your wisdom that comes down to you so naturally from your grandfather, too, who would say every day is not going to be a good day, but there is good in every day and you just have to look for it. And who could ask to end on a better note than that? I know. My my friends are all saying I, because my, my grandfather had a lot of quotes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them. And I have a book that I have a lot of them written down in. 
And um, my friends are after me all the time. They say, you know, you should publish that book. You should publish your grandfather's book of quotes. And I said, yeah, but then that takes something away from them because then they're not just mine anymore. Uh, Well, I'm so honored that Doug and I got to share some of them today here with you on the Green Bench. Pam, I'd just like to say one thing. We had a little verb on that you were going to be nervous. You weren't nervous one bit. You were absolutely (laughs) marvelous. Well, thank you for that. Thank you so, so much. And if there's anybody who's up for taking a challenge, it's you. So we're so glad that you did. Yeah, I did. Thank you, Pam. Oh, thank you, Doug. And don't forget, we have a date on the green bench. We've got a date. You know where to find me. I'll find you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Hey, and big thanks to Jen Gould for sharing a cup of tea with Doug and making him available and amazing today for the podcast, as usual. What a joy it is to stay connected and to always, always feel like we're talking to family. Join us next time on The Green Bench as we welcome the Right Honorable David Johnston, longtime and former Governor General of Canada. He's like family at Schlegel. And from hockey to Her Majesty, with so many stops in between in his wonderful life, you are going to love this chat. And here's a tip. Subscribe for additional episodes every two weeks. You'll be notified just as soon as they're up. Share your thoughts and opinions on social media using hashtag ElderWisdom to help everybody find us on this green bench. And if you would, please just take a moment to rate and review the Elder Wisdom podcast. If it's easier, go to elderwisdom.ca to find the link. And while you're there, be sure to sign the Elder Wisdom Pledge. On behalf of Doug Robinson, I'm Erin Davis. We thank you for sharing in these stories, and we'll talk to you again soon, because your seat on the green bench is ready and waiting. Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench, is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.